0: Welcome everybody, Um, Today, welcome to give me your advice Uh, first of all, today is a very, very special day for me, I'm I'm not going to lie, I'm a little nervous, (laughs) Um, today we have a very special guest, his name is David Bauman. you can correct me if I pronounce it wrong, very sorry for my accent.
1: (laughs) Hoffman, like B-O-F-M, nobody ever gets it right.
0: Okay, that made me feel bad. Today, um, it is very important because most of my uh, interviews have been with people that I work with or that I know and uh, I have not had the uh, pleasure yet <laughs> to work with Mr. <laughs> Buffman, but definitely I would love to um, after obviously doing my research and reading about you and reading your work. I have to say that you became something like when when you are uh, little and you said you want I wanna be like him when I grow up. <laughs> um, that passionate <laughs> that uh, that in your career and everything you have done through your thirty years of experience in different industries as aerospace, automotive, I don't know if I pronounce it right. Automotive, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, electronics, energy, oil and gas, and um See how you you implement this uh, new culture, like you just explained me, um, and bring people together and understand their situation and and put them, all of them, look at the same place and bring the company to the next level. I have read that you have bring huge multi-millionaire companies from pretty much zero background to all the way up. So that is just unbelievable, unbelievable. I am very, very up to look everything you're gonna do from now on that I met you and um, and if you can give us a, a little more of an introduction about yourself, but I am just amazed for the job
1: that, that you have done so far. Well, thank you, Mangley. that's very kind of you and hopefully it's not too overstated. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. <laughs> so my my, my career for the past 20 years in general management as a, as a pnl leader is has been to to take organizations or divisions of a larger company that either a had a had a profitability problem or b the sales were going to go up dramatically and they weren't going to be ready for it which i've seen time and time again um many many times i don't have a lot of i didn't have a lot of notice to take these new assignments one when i went to canada i had three days notice
2: wow and
1: so I've always tried to develop a playbook of what I'm gonna do on day one, and I've developed a playbook what I'm gonna do before day one even gets there to be ready. Fortunately, I've been able to learn from each location that I've been at, uh, what I did right, what I did wrong, and correct it. So as I go from new assignment to new assignment, I'm able to learn from that and to make it just a little bit better. Um, And so I guess, once an organization gets to a point where it's running smooth and easy and it's, you know, s- smooth sailing, maybe I get bored. I don't know. So we'll see.
0: Well, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
1: So it's it's really interesting that um, from, from what I've learned over the years is I have to change my thinking from situation to situation because they're not all the same. Not all the cultures are the same. Not all the problems are same. The only... The only thing that's common among all of them is organizational organizations that need help to to do something different and to be able to see it differently and that's kind of what my career has been for 20 years
0: wow that is amazing um telling a little bit um everybody about um about today's conversations it is as you, as most of you know um, the situation for a lot of us in, in the oil and gas industry. It is not the best, right? Because of the situation, because the price, because of COVID-19, and for many, many other um, things that is happening worldwide. So the idea today is for us there are uh, jobs uh, trying to find a job for us that are trying to get into a new position and definitely make an impact. Today, what we really, what I really want everybody to take is what they can, um, what they can do, what they, how how they can be so impactful, how how they start in the right way, um, in the new positions they are getting, even if it's new position, even if just, they just grow in the same um, company, how how we how you can teach us, how, What are the tips that you can give us to get into that, um, and from day one.
1: So absolutely. So um, the first thing you need to do is to be be prepared for eight o'clock on day one because everybody's going to be watching you and everything you do, even down to the way how you dress, they're going to be judging you right from the get-go because you're new and they don't know what to expect. That's why since probably 2004, when I first started to use uh, Michael Watkins' book, The First 90 Days, Mm -hmm. that book is, book is is, is an absolute playbook of what to do whether you're a GM with a p responsibility, or even if you're just doing a new manager in a department, or even if you're a new manager for the first time, what do you do to, to achieve alignment in the first 90 days? What I'd like to do is I'll, I'll take, sit down and I'll try, if I can, have conversations with my future boss before I start on day one. So at WellFlex, where I'm at today, um, my, my the president, Nick Klaus, and I, we spent... 30 days in conversations about the business, about opinions. The really good thing about that is we, we got to learn to know each other and we learned about each other, how we would work together to, to create that relationship. And then I started writing my 90 day plan. What, it was, like, what was I going to do on day one? What was I going to do in the first week, the first month? And I made sure I shared that plan with him before I set foot in the building. And I thought that was very important so he could see where I was going to take it have commentary, add add something to it, you know, look out for this. And then it gives me a playbook of what to do on day one so I'm not coming across as crawling in the dark.
0: Yeah.
1: Then I'm, 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 I'm achieving that command to control, you know, on the very first day.
0: One of the things that I love about the book, um, I wasn't able to finish completely, but I'm, I'm definitely getting there. I love it, definitely. But um, at the beginning, he mentioned about how you are like a, transplant on organ (laughs) at the beginning like the um, you are getting into a body that already function perfectly and they are just gonna take a look how are you gonna be able to function if you are able to get it together and work with them or you have to like you are not working together i really like how he he gave that explain there, like how you have to move forward and try to become one of the teams or or make Change
1: a little bit that culture about it, for sure. Yeah, so it's 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 funny you say that because wherever I've gone, so I, I had 19 years, you know, in automotive, working in a mo- automotive plants for a large company called Barnes Group, Associated Spring. And so I, I I'm not an engineer, but I understood the technical aspects of the springs and washers and products we built. I moved to the aerospace side of a of Barnes Group, and they told me, "You're a car guy. You." You, won't, you don't know what we're talking about here. Planes are really different than cars. I'm like, okay, but you still have to have materials and you still have to build it. I moved to oil and gas. I'm like, this is not aerospace. This is oil and gas. We don't, we don't do those things that you do over there. I'm like, all right. To me is wherever you go, you have to establish your credentials as a leader. I don't have to be an engineer of the product that I'm going to be working with. I have to be able to understand... technical aspects just enough to be able to to make sure we're making the right decisions um so i try to establish in the first right off the get-go what i'm going to do so if i'm a car guy in their minds i could be an aerospace guy in 10 days and to do that i try to have a meeting with every salaried employee that i can within the first week or two for at least one hour And, and in that meeting i'm doing two things i'm I want to learn about them personally. The question I'll ask is where were you born? You know, where'd you grow up? You know, what'd you like to do? You know, what, what things do you enjoy? What do you do here? Of the, of the, of the 60 minutes, 45 minutes is them telling me about themselves. And then I give them 15 minutes to ask me a question they may want to ask that they may not want to do in a, in a, in a crowd situation. That does two things for me on day one. I get a pulse of the culture I get a feel of the culture, because nine times out of 10 in those 45 minutes, they're gonna tell me what they want me to do and what they think I should be doing. And I can digest that. And then in those 15 minutes for they're asking me questions, I can convey to them where I'm gonna take it and where I'm gonna go with it. And I can get a feel from them, their body language or their answers. Are they buying into this or are they very skeptical? And wherever I've gone, I've, I've done that. Um, and I've had great conversations and have developed fantastic relationships with people just on that first 45-minute conversation.
0: So the, the personal questions that you make, it is to know the, the people, like to know the person that you are dealing with.
2: Correct.
0: And, and how you bring that back to the professional life. Like it, it is, it is have to be like a, like a, middle point where you put both That's of right. them
1: together. <laughs> That's right. I, I'll ask generic questions like, you know, do you like sports? Do you have hobbies? You know, do you like gardening? I like to do gardening. I like sport. I love college football. And mm-hmm. I find if, if we'll find a, a mutual topic that we're both excited about, it just opens the dialogue. So I'll avoid personal questions that are just too personal to HR. Mm-hmm. I won't ask a question HR wouldn't ask. Yeah.
2: Because
1: I'm yeah, pretty yeah. HR-centric. <laughs> yeah. But I find that, um, for example, I'm in North Texas, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm not a Dallas Cowboy fan. Um, <laughs> and I find there's, there's, there's good conversation about that. I'm a passionate University of Tennessee football fan. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of opinions about that. But then you get that dialogue where you're comfortable with each other. Yes. And if you're comfortable talking college football, then you'll be comfortable talking about metal and pipe. You may start talk be comfortable talking about why do you do this and why do you do that. And so I break down those barriers so I can ask the more difficult questions, you know, on a professional side.
0: I I, I love that. I, I find it very, very fascinating. Once once you are done with this through the day the day, the first few days and, and you're able to talk with as much of people as you can, what what is it that you bring back to your supervisor or to your to to your direct supervisor? Like what did you talk what, what do you bring back to them as a conclusion for all this?
1: That's a great question. That's a, actually an excellent question. So well, I'll provide him feedback either daily or at the end of the week of what I'm learning. And I'll will tell him you know what I'm learning and where I'm going and he may give me a tip, you know, what about this or what about that, and I'll go down that road. Usually I've been fortunate where I, wherever I've gone with these roles, my boss, the president or the GM or whatever will say, I need you to I need you to to come to your own conclusions. I don't want to influence you. Mm-hmm. And if I'll come back and I'll be sensitive to maybe there's a cultural thing that I need to overcome that he may not be aware of, you know, and we'll talk about that. And then after the first week or two, now I'm starting to define direction where we're going to go and how we're going to do this. So at WellFlex, um, we were going through rapid increase in revenues. It was a dramatic increase. It was great. It was 27, 2018. Mm-hmm. Oil was at $60 a barrel. We all remember that, right? Yeah. And we, wow. needed, we, we, we had a lot of orders coming in that we needed to ship pretty quickly. And I, and I, told, I told the team on day two, we're not going to miss shipments. We're not going to miss our numbers. Going forward, we're going to keep our promises to our customers. took us a while to get there, but we were able to do that. And that's what I conveyed to him is how I'm going to get there and how I'm going to accomplish that goal.
0: That is, that is, and, and, and I guess the one thing to take to another, as soon as I'm, I'm am i I'm a, a salesperson. person. And as soon as I see my management working together to get that sales that it takes me forever to get, to get that, you know, that done and people working and people feeling they're mm-hmm. being successful. They just bring one thing to another and people get into the culture and that more definitely faster. Right
1: it's it's those little so in the book the first 90 days it's those quick wins right those yeah. quick wins those small wins that lead to bigger wins and bigger wins and you're right you got to find something that you can be successful with in the first 90 days or less and that they're part of it so the team is part of that win and the team sees that win um i think everywhere i've gone we mentioned andrew bernhardt was with us today
2: mm-hmm. i think
1: andrew has, has arrived on the scene with me in the first three four months wherever i go but i'm talking to him and another gentleman, Don Mackey, who I work with, I'm telling them what I'm seeing as I'm getting into it. And they may throw me a little bit of advice. They may throw me a little question or two to keep in mind, but I bring them in so I can have them help with those wins as well. And then I bring them in when the team is ready to have them come in and have an outsider from my past come in and join us. And what I look to do by the end of 90 days is have consensus on the direction we're going to take it and usually it's lean manufacturing you know we're going to introduce that Mm -hmm. use continuous improvement and total quality and after 90 days I'll know who's with me and who's not with me on those types of initiatives and that's where I bring the consultants in to help me kickstart it because they're technical experts where I'm not
0: yeah yeah so you support yourself in the in that areas that is um what 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 would you say that uh how 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 do you get sure that all all the changes you are you are making are are, are sustained like how how do you get to to that <laughs> like
1: so ahead. obviously we have kpi and we measure right mm-hmm. so whether it's revenue or profitability or on time delivery you measure yourself and you start out you have to start out at zero right and see where you're at
2: mm-hmm.
1: what in a lean environment, what we introduce, obviously, 5, 5S is the is the process of cleaning and organizing your shop, and that's a great way to visually see if you're making any progress or not. And then, after you get a 5S program going, where you're doing that, you introduce you know KPI boards in the shop where you can start to measure and see those things. Um, what I try to find out is who, who's going to be enthusiastic about doing that. Who's going to be enthusiastic about being measured? I mean, sometimes people don't like to be measured because if you're measured, you're held accountable. If you're held accountable, you may be exposed. And a lot of times, well, almost every place I've gone, that exposure happens three to four months, and I can start to see who's really not going to be wanting to do what I want to do. And then you start another different process, right?
2: Yeah.
1: The, The culture change of finding... All of us who are on the same path who share the same cultural values to get to the desired outcome makes sense
0: yeah it does make sense and 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 i guess that uh, that helps me i did have personal experience when when i found people trying to get this culture together and get this put in a place and you have five managers or peers from high management uh they do not agree or they do not um they don't go in both of trying to get into the culture. Right. And and I would love to know what what do you do in this in these opportunities? How do you manage? Because it's not someone that you that is um that you manage. It's someone that is your peer, right? So it, it becomes a little bit challenging
1: <laughs> for sure. That that's correct. Um so usually, you know, if I'm so WellFlex, everything flows up through me, as as we talked about, I think, in our call. Mm-hmm. We do what's called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. Mm-hmm. So Nick, who's our president, he's our visionary, and I report below to him, I'm the integrator, and everybody reports through me you know, mm-hmm. on the that level. So I'm responsible for the day-to-day. But if I've had a peer in the past, yeah. if I had a peer that didn't want to buy into what the company's trying to do, and my peers at Barnstreet could have been other division managers, other general managers. Um, I'm not afraid to have that frank conversation about mutual goals. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to have a conversation, non-threatening, non-judgmental, but to say, look, this is the company's goals and we need to work together on this. One of the biggest challenges I've had you know, for 20 years, having direct reports mm-hmm. that I inherit that doesn't want to do what I want to do I, I, I advocate a hundred percent come to my office, close the door and disagree with me. I mean, I, I love those conversations. I'm willing to listen to it because there are certain things that I have to do that I may not be able to say publicly why I'm doing it. And I, I might tell them why we're doing something, but I'll also tell them when they come in and say, Dave, you're doing this wrong, you're going too fast. I'll say, I appreciate that very much. However, this is what we've decided to do. And I need to know if you're going to participate in this or not. And if you're not. I respect that, but you might need to go somewhere else. Yeah. I I also learned a phrase a long time ago from my mentor, is to take those managers that are blockers, that those managers that are creating silos, mm-hmm. help help get, help get them a job at your competition, because they'll do more good at your competition than they will with you. And I had a few that actually did that.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. I didn't mean, but that's good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. For sure. You can you can <laughs> that's funny. It
1: is it is important to And to be honest, most times eighteen months after I start someplace and I'm still there, if I'm blessed to still be there, mm-hmm. there's usually only one or two people that are with me that were there from a the start, to be honest. Oh wow. And and usually I can tell which ones are gonna be there at the end within the first two weeks, to be honest. That is so I'll spend more time with them I'll I'll spend a lot of time, I'll I'll spend a lot of time with anybody who wants to learn and is very intellectually curious but those reports to me that just don't want to know any of this stuff they should take the hint cuz I'm spending less and less time teaching them right
0: yeah yeah that is that is definitely a way for them to see it um one of one of the things that I'd um that i read in your article in the and the last article that they bring us here today it was the um there is others um i would say books that you take in considerations to mm-hmm. follow your steps can you can you talk to us a little bit about those as well
1: yeah absolutely so um one of the most recent um topics that i've added to my portfolio as we've mentioned it the entrepreneurial operating system by gina wickman mm-hmm the book that goes with it called rocket fuel Mm -hmm. by gina wickman and mark winters that that is one of the best systems of management organizational management that i've ever seen and it's it's based on patrick lencioni's Five dysfunctions of a team yes but what i really like about that and it helped it helped me at wellflex make an impact i think faster is because you have a defined organization of accountability it's a defined process to work on projects to get them finished yeah, you know, in a defined time period. But the most important thing about it is what, what, what Gina Whitman calls GWC. You, you take an employee and they have a role, not a job description, but they have a role, mm-hmm. and then you analyze your folks called the people analyzer. GWC, do they get it? Do they understand what the role is? Do they get that role, truly get it? Do they want it, the W, do they want that role, and do they want that position, and then the C, the capacity, can they, can they do that role, can they perform well at that role? Because a lot of times there are people that are really good people, they're really good employees, but either they don't really want that role, or they don't have the capacity for that role. But when you get alignment of GWC, everybody, right seat, right place, you'd be surprised how culturally how much it, it changes. So EOS, it's called Traction, mm-hmm. the book called, it's called Traction, yeah. wonderful, wonderful yeah. process to run a business. And I, I I think you could have a business of 20 people or 200 people and it's still just as effective. And then yeah. when we're doing our lean journey, which we do wherever I go, we're going to do lean because it, it works. Mm-hmm. One of the most important things to, that you could read is a book called The Goal by Eli Goldratt. And it's a novel. It's a cheesy novel, mm-hmm. but it talks about theories of constraints and it th- talks about supposed bottlenecks and how manage the bottlenecks and how you can get material flow. It's all about material flow, standard work, standard process, right? That's a, that's a must read for an organization trying to to go down the lean journey. And then one other thing that I use. It's not a book. Mm-hmm. And it's a video. And I use this video. From a cultural standpoint, it's it's to me it's important, and I've used this video, uh, twenty five or more years. Okay. Um, it's called the new business of paradigms by Dr. Joel Barker, okay. and I've seen this video. We're probably pushing two hundred times now, and this is a video paradigms. What that is is, it's the mind's ability to see outside what it knows. So. If I know that the sun is always gonna be orange in the sky and it all of a sudden turns to blue, I may not be able to see that blue because my mind is not programmed to see it. So paradigms and the study of paradigms in an organization is is the study of people learning to go outside their comfort zone and seeing things different. And so for, for me, I'll put that video on the screen in our lean training and I'll watch people's faces to see if they're paying attention. And when you watch that video, when you really watch that 22 minutes of video, usually the eyes open up, they'll stare at it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: That means they get it. That tells me culturally, I think they're they're onto this. They're doing this with their phone and they're looking around. They're probably not going to make it. I know that's kind of a harsh judgment, but it seems to be true. Those are some of the materials I've used the first 90 days, the goal, and the new business of paradigms. Every place I've been since 2004.
0: That is, yeah, I I I did find the video, and and I found I I remember that you ran the article that you actually listen all the time that you can. You listen in the car, going back to the office. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Dr. Barker, he's we actually had him. I I I was able to attend a lecture with him live a few years ago, and when you really think about what the mind can do, the mind can do some amazing things if it wants to. And what, as a leader, I have to unlock that mind of those folks that are there to see things outside their comfort zone. And if you can do that, it's amazing what a organization can do.
0: Um, one of the questions that I, that I had at the beginning, you know, and I, I gotta go back, it is, um, you mentioned a lot about what did you do when you get a new position in a new culture in a new company? Mm-hmm. What about if you just grow in the same company? Did you take the same steps? How that little change, because you already are into it, you already know, uh, you already have uh, information about it. But what is that step that you make to make an impact in that new position?
1: That's a great question. So I worked at a company called Barnes Group um, for 23 years, and Barnes Group is a company that was founded in 1857, very long established company and up until 1989 the CEO was always a, a Barnes family member mm-hmm. and so I started at Associated Spring which is a Barnes Group company in Bristol Connecticut and then I moved to Dallas Texas in uh, I think 1992. Two, two totally different cultures and that's where I first started to learn that just because you're in the same company the culture isn't the same from group to group. Yeah. And I became a manager there so then I was transferred to my first P&L leadership role at Associate Spring in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Two distinct different cultures. And that's where I started to realize, even though you had the same, same name on your paycheck, mm-hmm. it's not the same culture. And so um that that was Milwaukee, Wisconsin when I first learned to start dealing with organizations, you know, in this manner we've talked about. And uh That's where I first met Don Mackey, who was my lean sensei, my lean guru. Mm -hmm. And he started talking to me, preaching to me the importance of standardization and processes and talking about how I had to have a defined process wherever I went, because it's all the same. Went to Canada for Associated Spring, another different culture, Um, but I had some of the same principles were brought with me. Went to aerospace for Barnes Group called Barnes Aerospace. Now we're talking totally different cultures, totally different, I mean, different concepts, airplane, cars. That's where I brought Andrew and Don Mackey in with me. And then we started talking about the same thing was the same thing. So I tried to bring the same themes, processes, people, standard work, standardization, and using the same language from company to company to company. And that's how I looked at it. So Barnes Group went through a fantastic transformation starting in 2006 when they introduced that's where I met Andrew. They introduced a lean system called the Barnes Enterprise System. And it transferred their company from three disparate business units operating as one from location to, location to location. And I learned from that. I'm like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Or if I have 15 locations around the world, but if I spell cat the same way, C-A-T, I'll probably get the same results. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, they've done very well doing that. And that's what I learned as a takeaway.
0: That is, it is amazing. And, and one of the things I would say for, especially young professional, that is more of my audience, um, once it is even happened to me, when, when you are studying or when you are young and you are getting to the first corporation and you see all these activities and you see all these meetings and, and, all, and, and all these interviews and, and all these changes, I guess at the beginning, you go for it, you, you go with it, you you learn, you you see that it's okay, that it's fine, but you don't understand the completely meaning of it. And mm-hmm. and I it was my experience, it happens to me, right? I I went to the trainings and yeah, I like them, it it's fine, I learned, it, is, it was definitely, a, I put my input, but you don't get the big picture. I guess that it, through years, I don't know if I have to be with age, <laughs> with experience, Uh, But it is, there is any way that you think that we can teach young professionals, we can give advice to young professionals to see the completely picture of what all this is is being
1: done. I I totally agree Um, that that's a very good point. And I'm not gonna say anything about age because I'm no longer (laughs) considered a young person. But I will tell you that um, I I had a mentor, uh, a leadership mentor, When I first became a general manager at 39 years old, I thought this is going to be great. You know, I have this division. It's 11 million in revenue. That's pretty good, right? I have a nice comfy leather chair. I have a company car. I have my own office. This is great. And my boss came by and who I respected deeply. I still talk to him 20 years later. He says, look, he goes, don't get yourself all too carried away. You're a $11 million division of a billion and a half dollar company. If you totally screw up, which you probably will, nobody's going to know. So try to learn as much as you can. So when you move forward, learn from your mistakes, you'll be able to, to fix it. He goes, no, by the way, maybe someday you'll be in a position that I'm at where you might help somebody. And if you do, don't forget where you came from because you're coming from the bottom right now. I'm like, okay, that's humbling. He's right. <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah.
1: It was, still was a nice chair, but he was right. Yeah. Um, so what I try to do now is I try to explain to folks that work for me if I can, why I do certain things. Why do you do this? Why do that? And I'll take the time if they want to understand it. I'm happy to explain why I'm doing this. And sometimes they may get tired of hearing me talk about the the old days, (laughs) but the thing is I've made mistakes that I don't want other people to make. For example, when I was in Milwaukee, we put General Motors on credit hold. And, um, my, my president, um, let me know that was probably one of the most boneheaded things that could ever possibly happen to your largest customer, right? Yeah. But I learn over time how to manage those situations and I try to make sure that people that work for me, understand that. So if I do something that may look unusual, I'll take the time to explain it, but always be intellectually curious. Don't, don't, don't be afraid to ask a question because you'll be surprised how many executives would be happy to share their knowledge with you. It really, I see that people are afraid to ask a question because they're afraid to get in trouble. Can't get in trouble for asking a question.
0: Well, look bad for sure. I think that one of of the things that happened to me personally was I wanna ask a question. It it, it probably was a smart question, but at some point you feel a little um, under a feel that you're gonna look bad or you're gonna look stupid. (laughs) No question's
1: a bad question.
0: Right. Um, One one of the things that I, I want to get your input on it, and actually Andrew, if you wanna step in on it as well, it is, I don't know if culturally I come from South America, and for us, it is not very common uh, to have a professional to your career, a mentor or a coach. And um, I see, I, I, I listened. You, you mentioned that you have one in your in, since your early career to now. And can can you give us what do you think it is the, the important to have this? Why this young professional? What this this new graduates, new, they need to have these mentors and these coachings, they help them to grow. And, you know, get into, sometimes in the career, we just go around like, hey, just, I just wanna bring you back to what is your path is supposed
1: to be. But if it's changing, it help you to change it as well. That is a great question, and when I'm, when I'm done, I would like to have Andrew, if you don't mind, comment on yeah, that because Andrew course. has been one of my coaches now for 15 years. And another gentleman who's retired started working with me in Lean in, I think, 2002. And what 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 I really like about Andrew and Don Mackey is they're not afraid to tell Dave, Dave, you totally blew that. You 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 need to be remembering this. It keeps me honest, right? My coaches yeah. keep me on that same narrow path. And what I like to do is, I, I like to bring Andrew back in to check up on me a year later and see, am I doing this? The right way still because i don't have all the answers yeah. i recently called don and andrew about three four months ago because i saw some results on something we're doing here that i didn't expect the results were too good and i didn't expect that and they they reaffirmed what i was doing and not doing right i think having a coach helps you navigate the sharks in the white water
2: yes
1: to help you learn if you're willing to have a coach and willing to learn it's it's a huge plus andrew
3: but I, we're, we're colleagues and I, I, I mean, we're, we coach each other yeah. and uh, we're at the level now where, um, uh, Dave's already there. <laughs> so, um, it's a matter of, uh, critical thinking. I'm um, expanding our, our current thoughts into something that's even more exciting. Um, you mentioned something before about when you reach your, your goal and you're, you're at that level. We never have really. <laughs> We're always striving to make it better, faster, and making our customers happier. Um, and Dave does that, so
1: um,
2: yeah.
3: That's what
1: I have to say. Uh, go
2: ahead.
1: It's really is. is and Andrews absolutely right. Is that when you when you reach a, so? What I do with KPIs, if you're starting to be green every day, reaching your yeah. goals. Something's wrong. <laughs> raise the bar. Raise, <laughs> your goals are
2: nuts,
1: raise the bar, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, 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 you're, if you're measuring your scale from 1 to 10 and you're hitting 10, well, make it 11. Make it up. But yeah. never, never, never allow yourself to, to be content with re- reaching a goal. And sometimes coaches need to prod you and remind you of that.
3: I'm yeah. always amazed at companies that perform at 95 a 100%. And yeah, it's not they're they're assuming that um they're on they have a scale that's locked in yeah and it doesn't show continuous improvement
0: yeah but it's funny is they use that that as a marketing thing for a good thing mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Like yes 100
0: percent and, and so like
3: yeah
0: <laughs> but a lot of people <laughs>
3: know that they're just fooling
1: themselves if that's yeah. the case
3: yeah,
0: yeah. That, is,
1: that is so i know that that sometimes my my time comes to an end right my role becomes less impactful because the organization is starting to kick it in themselves. They're they're learning and they're moving, moving, and moving. And I'll I'll step back and they all of a sudden they're telling me what they want to do. And I'll like, okay, if you think you can do that, let's try it out. And I think that's a good spot to get to after a while.
0: I have a little bit of a personal question. Okay. How do you, how do you implement all this in your personal life with family, with kids, with wife? Did you do that?
1: (laughs) So that's, that's, I'll, I'll tell you a little story how that works. So I've been, so I've been very, very fortunate that my wife takes interest in what I do for a living, you know, in a macro sense. She understands lean. She's heard about it for 20 years. Um, my kids at home, they have a little square where their milk has to go. So they don't knock because that's they five S their milk. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always taken my family to every place I work so they can see what I do and they go through the shop, and, and they'll go to the shop maybe once a year, maybe every six months. So at Wellflex, I brought my family in for the first time after I was here for about eight months, and she let me have it. Why is that cart there? Why is this stuff on this cart? That doesn't seem right. Just doesn't seem right, right? So I, of course, being the person that I am, I told my VP of Ops that my wife gave us a 5S grade and didn't do so well. And he looked at me, his name was Greg Patterson, he looked at me, he's like, okay, but then we were on our journey and it got better and better and better. So I brought her back in five months later. She goes, oh, wow, this is great. You know, I see the swim lanes, I see the carts. She goes, oh, that's much better. And I told Greg, yeah, you're getting better, right? So she, I brought her in, uh, I think Christmas time last year and she was like, this is great, it's unbelievable. it, it was a big transformation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so she knows what she knows what good is when she sees it. And she's, now she's doing a little thing, making masks for people during the COVID thing. And she's got a little U-shaped cell in my library, and she's got little stations where everything goes. We oh, start talking about pull down for ergonomics, right? <laughs> so she gets it. Now, I think that Greg should come to my house and grade her on 5S at her cell. What do you think? <laughs> but really, lean makes sense at home, doesn't it? Garage,
2: for sure.
1: Or your room, your kids' room, if you can get your kids to clean your room, it really does make sense.
0: I, I think that it, it I think that uh, obviously each family is a little organization that you have mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have, uh, sometimes you get a hundred, no, never.
1: <laughs> never, no, not, not <laughs> sure. no. I no. have a son.
0: That is for sure. Um, well, I invite everybody. If you have any questions, just please let us know. You can join us uh, on the mute, uh, I unmuted and video. Um, if you, if you want to get asked anything. I, I did not expect Andrew to, to join us in the conversation, but um, Andrew, thank you so much. I really appreciate your input. Um, I would love to have, have you some time and learn about you as well, if it is possible. Oh,
3: thank um, you. Well, Dave, it's, it's really amazing. Um, and he mentioned it about his wife walking into a plant uh, and seeing the difference and if you have eyes to look and the patience to to go out there every day you see things um, when Dave had his plant when he first got there they have two two buildings and they're separated and in between these buildings I have never seen so much junky pieces of metal laying all over the place I mean it it was what you would expect from a factory that doesn't do lean. That's actually your first first clue mm-hmm. is that um, you have enormous amount of inventory in process. When I went back maybe three or four months later, that pile started to get down a little less, a little less, a little less. And I think I've, my last trip, there was hardly anything in between. There's nothing That means in between the two buildings. So that means that he's producing these goods at a, at a faster rate, which means that it's costing him less. Mm-hmm. And these are just real simple concepts that um, Dave understands.
1: So, and it costs to get the right person there to do that. So yes, Greg Patterson's our VP of operations. And Greg and I, um, we have the exact same mindset on lean And when I interviewed him for two hours and then I hired him without telling his boss, I was going to hire this guy. I just said, I need this guy. I brought him in and he made, he made that shop just dance. And it's really something that, that it's a tribute to him and the people he trained. And so right now, Greg and and Larry Hanks, who was the WellFlex operational excellence director, they're doing lean foundation training for every employee, And even during COVID, we're doing it online. But you can see the mindset of the folks out there saying, to Andrew's point, I I don't see this the way it should be. I see something, it needs to be different. And it just, culturally, that's just what happens, is a domino theory. And Andrew's right, you see it and you learn it, you get people to come in to do the same thing that you're doing, and before you know it, you've got a pretty good job.
3: What's impressive with Dave, um, is that he's brought his people along and an example of that is when I work there, I get there early. I talk to Dave for about a half an hour, and then I'm gone. And I'm I've worked with his people. And I would say he has between three or four, maybe even five, talented people that could do the role of implementing lean and yep. that they get it. The expression in lean is do they get it? Yeah. And um um, he gets it and he has it, and he always has. Uh, you could go back to uh Dave's history, we could probably give you a list of 15 to 20 people that he's brought up uh, who get it. So, uh, he actually doesn't need me anymore because he's surrounding himself with good people that don't charge him as much as I do. <laughs> 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 I'm sure he I'm sure
0: he will pay he keep, keep paying for for, he, right. for his internship for <laughs> sure. Um well gentlemen, I really, really appreciate uh your time. We in-
1: have a question, Magley. I think Hillary had a question.
0: Uh I do Did not have
1: no, nope. okay
0: No guys, I don't know. You can come in um on the conversation if you wanna mute in uh
3: I, I just want to add one more thing. This is my first Zoom meeting where I don't have a cocktail. So.
0: <laughs> We're too early, but we can, <laughs> we can have a coffee. <laughs> but only not too early. Yeah, I know. I do. I have my family all over the world. So we normally have a wine or a beer.
2: The wrong But, right. <laughs> <to do.
0: laughs> but um, Andrew, so if I if I can have you in some kind of interview, I promise I do it a little bit late, so we can have some <laughs>
3: cocktails on it. Okay, if we can have cocktails on there. <laughs> we, can, we, are,
0: we are open. This is very fresh, very friendly. <laughs> I promise. Um, we take we we take a lot of you guys. I really really appreciate it. Um, David, it, um, if I have, if it's okay with you, I'm gonna take the different. Uh, books that you narrow in your la- in your last article together yep. with the ones that you told us today the gold. Yes. And I'm gonna put it in the description for the uh for the video in YouTube and also the podcast and um so people can go back. Please follow.
2: <laughs> follow
0: Dave and link it if you have any question or if you have any question through me I'm also here to support you guys. Um so um I am very, very thankful. I can't wait for your next article. Um and uh and I really appreciate it. This this was great.
1: Thank I, you, Magley. Uh, it was a great job. I appreciate it. Great questions, great conversation. We could probably spend a few hours doing this.
0: Ah, for uh, sure. Very
1: much, very much well well done. well done. I
0: really appreciate it. This is my third one. It's completely out of my comfort zone because of my accent. I tell you this is this is uh um, I'm just trying to keep active. I just trying to keep positive. I am searching for a job. It is quite hard right now. <laughs> you have your good days, your bad days, but it keeps it me motivated and meeting great people.
1: This is know? a great foundation. Anything that we can do to help you, me and my network, just let us know.
0: I appreciate it, sir. I really, really appreciate it. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we can have another chat um, and you can keep, give us your tips and advice for all sure. your career
1: would love to do that.
0: Thank Thank you you so much. much. Bye, Bye. everybody. Have a great one. Take
3: care, everyone. You too. Bye-bye.